All right, all right, all right. We're back with another edition of DNVR Madness, a national extension of our college basketball coverage. I'm Justin Michael. I cover the CSU Rams. I'm joined by Ben Girding. He covers the Colorado Buffaloes. We both watch a lot of college basketball. This is DNVR Madness presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Ben, how's it going, my man? Wow, it, it's going a lot better now. You know, getting to sit down with you, talk more college basketball. It's always a highlight of not just my Friday mornings, but what a great way to kick off the week. And it seems like every week we come in here with, with different headlines, but all of them are still kind of the same as far as, you know, top teams. But the one main thing remains the same. It's that college basketball, she's a... She is the prettiest girl in the prom. Everybody wants a chance to dance with her, and uh, the chaos ensues from there. College basketball is definitely the prettiest girl at the prom. But before we dive into it, I've got to talk to you guys about something very important, and that's saving money. Now, sure, you're probably hearing how great these mortgage rates are, but Mike and Virginia, they're not your typical mortgage company. They've got phenomenal rates, but what separates them from the field? Mike's a certified financial planner, and he just looks at so much more than designing your home loan. They're a small, family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. Gotta love that. And they're just going to do what they can to help you find the best deal possible. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of choice when you do. Ben, quick, on the spot, if you had to pick a free shirt, what would you go with? I would go with the pride and tradition, personally. I think that's a cool one. My Most second choice, <laughs> second choice though, Mile High City. That Nuggets shirt is incredible. Okay, recovered strong. And I'll be honest, the Buff shirts are fire. It pains me to say it, but they are. You can get a free one when you enter at dnvrmortgage.com. Most importantly though, get set up with that free consultation. Discuss all your options. Again, that is dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia, they're going to work tirelessly for you. If you're a little more old school, you can call Mike directly. Give him a call at 970-412-2472, 970-412-2472, or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Always got to make sure I get those numbers right. It's a bit of a mouthful, but I love Mike in Virginia. Love what they're doing. They're saving you money. They're local. And we are all about local here at DNVR. Man, so much college basketball going on. So much. And I mean, it it just is in so many different areas. You know, last week we kind of took a break as far as just doing our straight game recaps because that was a great way to start the season off as, as far as just getting to know some teams highlighting the big games. But now... Things are starting to get more exciting, and quite frankly, we all don't have 10 hours to record a podcast because every game is important. Every game really is big at this point, so let's just start with these big updates, and we're going to begin down south at the University of Texas at Austin. 9-1, and 3-0 in the conference. They beat Kansas by 25, and when you look at their 10-game stretch, utter dominance in nine games pretty much. You know, Now, granted, They've had some close finishes, but they've always been in the game. They've never been in a game where you feel like they're playing very sloppy or anything's out of their control. And that includes their one loss, a four-point loss to Villanova. They played phenomenal in that game. I mean, is, you know, is Texas back? Is Sam Ellinger smiling from that point? I mean, I, I don't think anyone really can argue the fact that this is a top four, maybe top three team in the country right now. Teams don't win by 25 at Allen Fieldhouse. They don't. 
Not not good teams, not great teams. It just doesn't happen. I get it's a weird year. You know, it's not packed. You don't have the, you know, the hostile environment of, you know, I don't even know the the capacity at Allen Fieldhouse, but probably, you know, 15,000 Kansas fans breathing down your neck. We all know they're all about their hoops out there, rock chalk. But what Texas is doing, I mean, you said it best, utter domination. They've won five in a row, absolutely just beaten the hell out of everybody. I mean, 3-0 in the Big 12, 2-1 in quad one games, their only losses against Villanova, who we think is, you know, another top five team. So how does that hurt you? It doesn't. It, it kills me to say it as a guy that, you know, likes to root for KU, but it's, uh, it's all about Texas this year in the Big 12 the University of Texas, and then obviously Baylor, who is, you know, kind of been the consensus number two team in the country. Can Texas contend with Baylor? Yes, I, I think they can. I think the, the, the reason why is because Texas has so many guys that can beat you. They've got four different players right now averaging more than 12 points per game. And they're very well-rounded as far as their combinations between the front and the backcourt. Their backcourt right now with Matt Coleman and Courtney Ramey is one of the best one-two punches in the entire country. And that's saying a lot. You know, just to have that on your team is going to get you some national recognition. And then to combine that with the fact that you've got Jericho Sims down there. You know, you've got uh, Kai Jones, another threat. And then also Greg Brown, you know, one of the top prospects this year. He's playing well, averaging 12 points per game. So, I mean, Texas just, they have so many different weapons, but those weapons are double edged because they play great defense as well. You know, so their ability to only, I mean, they're only allowing 63 points per game. It's phenomenal, you know, and, and I'm not going to, st- I, I think we'll, we'll touch on Texas a little bit later in the segment or in the show too. So maybe I won't beat the, the drum as hard, but yes, they can compete with Baylor. And the other interesting thing with Texas right now is they've got a, a two game stretch right now. They go at West Virginia on Saturday, and then they'll be at home at Texas tech next Wednesday. After that, they've got four or five very winnable games in a row. So realistically heading into February, Texas could be 16 and two, you know, 17 and one, somewhere around that range. And they really could be even ahead of Baylor, depending on what happens elsewhere in the country. So yes, Texas can compete with Baylor. They are a threat, not just in the big 12, but you know, they, they are someone to heavily watch come tournament time. Somewhere Matthew McConaughey is slouched on a couch and, and just smirking and, and saying a bunch of cool things about Texas basketball. They are back. I don't know if they were. I, I know that's the thing for football. I guess Texas Texas basketball had a run. I mean, they were pretty sick with KD there. But um, I get, that was a long time ago. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Gonzaga, 11-0. They're the first team ever to score 85 points in their first 11 games. I mean, they're an offensive juggernaut. They are putting NBA, like 90s NBA-type numbers in 40-minute games. It's it's absurd. If they played a 48-minute game, Gonzaga would score like 120 points. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're the best team in the country. We say it week in, week out. And there's just no reason right now to doubt them because, yes, you know the, the conference that they play in on the West Coast, it's not the best conference, but they alleviated that by scheduling one of the worst, or I guess best, you know, however you want to interpret that, non-conference <laughs> schedules taking care of Kansas, you know, beating West Virginia, 
obviously beating Iowa too and uh, beating Virginia. These, those are some big names. Now, the games against Tennessee and Baylor getting canceled, postponed, that sucks because that, those would have been great to see, but that's not a knock on them at all. They've got arguably, I think, I, I don't even know if it's an argument really, the, 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 biggest, the best big three in college basketball right now with Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, and Jalen Suggs, um, all those guys averaging north of 14 points, uh, obviously going up. And Corey Kispert still averaging almost 22 points per game, shooting 63% from the floor and an even 50 from three. I mean, this team just can't beat you anywhere around the arc. And Drew Timmy then, you know, you, let's say you're worried about that three-point threat with Corey Kispert. You're fine putting it in there with Drew Timmy, playing some, some fierce, you know, hard basketball. I, the team is just good. You said it, first team to score 85 points in the first 11 games. There's really nothing else to say about this team that we haven't already. I truthfully think our analysis of Gonzaga is going to remain the same unless they lose a game. And at this point, looking at their schedule, I would not be shocked if they go undefeated heading into March as a clear-cut number one seed. Yeah, man. I mean, just there, there, there are some good players in the WCC. So I'm not trying to, trying to be dismissive or anything like that. But you know, other than maybe BYU, who they just beat by 17, <laughs> yeah. but they have to play them three times in the regular season. And anytime you play a team that many times, some weird stuff could happen. Mm -hmm. St. Mary's is, you know, always has the potential to upset them. Loyola, you know, you never know, I guess. Santa Clara's been tricky. But they're they're gonna run the table. I just it it seems it seems so likely at this point, unless something weird because of COVID or, or God forbid an injury or something like that. They're going in as a one seed, they're going in undefeated. And it's gonna be, you know, much like you know, the talk for San Diego State last year. You know, can they run the table? And hopefully we're gonna get a tournament and see if that's actually possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, moving from a, a, a conference that, you know, is very top heavy to one that is just heavy. You know, we got to have our weekly Big Ten talk. I am I'm proud. I'm honored that Michigan is 10 and 0 right now. Not because I have ties there, not because I'm an alumni, just because I blindly had faith in Michigan in the preseason. And I'm happy to see that they are 10 and 0 right now. And, you know, Michigan, we talked about they need to prove themselves because they started off undefeated and they did not have very many tough games. They beat Maryland. They beat Northwestern. They beat Minnesota. Now they're looking great. On Saturday, they've got a big-time matchup against Wisconsin. That is going to be a phenomenal game. I believe that's Saturday. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's next Tuesday. And then next Saturday, they're going to be playing at Minnesota. So another nice little run for them to kind of reassert themselves as one of those top teams. But, you know, where are you at with the Big Ten? Has your power ranking shifted at all? Are you still all in on Iowa? Is anyone getting closer to the Hawkeyes? You know, I, I was skeptical of Michigan coming in. You told me from the start, this team is fun. They're going to be interesting. They're going to be, you know, capable of, of making some noise. And I was, you know, in the back of my mind, being honest, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Ben's a Michigan guy. We'll see. <laughs> They're for real, man. They're for real. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten to watch Michigan as much as I'd like to. So a lot of this is just based on the numbers and following them, going back and watching highlights, which, you know, you can learn about a team that way. But it, if you really want to learn about a team, you've got to watch them live in the moment, all of that stuff. Ben's been doing that. He knows. I just, the thing about it is, 
you know, I, I think Illinois is still in, in that top-ish range. You know, are, are they better than the Illini? Such a weird name. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Michigan State, I mean, I'm out on them. Ohio State, they're kind of up and down. I still think it's Iowa's, you know, conference to lose by a lot. But, you know, we've said it all year. It's kind of like Gonzaga. Our analysis is, isn't going to change. We like a lot of these teams, but they're going to continue to cannibalize each other because it's just a tough, tough conference. You got to go to a lot of places. I mean, even, you know, teams like Rutgers and, and some of these other, you know, squads, they're just, they're scrappy. And as, as much as I've talked down on Michigan State, they're probably good for another top 25 win or two. So it's, it's going to be chaos. And at the end of the year, it's just going to be, you know, who can survive this gauntlet? Yep, absolutely. I think in my top four right now, if I'm looking at the Big Ten, I do still think Iowa does get the, the benefit there. But I do think Michigan is coming in at second right now and is, is kind of gaining some ground on them. The problem is, is they're not going to play each other head-to-head until March. And so that's just tough because you're not going to be able to have that kind of conclusive argument until the very end of the season. And then for me, Wisconsin and Minnesota, you know, they are, are really right there. Now, Wisconsin pretty handily beat Minnesota. They won 71-59. to but I do still believe in the Golden Gophers. I think that those teams are closer than that score indicates. Um, Agreed. And, and I think, too, I, 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 I'm trying to look at the stats on it, too. I don't believe Marcus Carr played his best game. I think there were a lot of things that kind of went against Minnesota just as far as different than what they're used to. Yeah, Marcus Carr, only 10 points for a guy who's averaging almost 24 on the season. That's going to hurt you in one of your biggest games. So I think the Minnesota team as a whole is better Still interested to see how they kind of all fall out. And and at this point, I think it would be a good time to kind of transition into the NCAA net rankings uh, because Minnesota right now is at number three, the the top Big Ten uh, rated team in the net rankings. So for those of you who don't know um, or maybe need a refresher, the net rankings are what the uh, tournament committee now uses as their primary selection tool. It takes into account road, neutral, home wins, as well as wins within different quadrants, which also take into account home and road. Very convoluted, super confusing. Not going to try and explain the entire thing on the podcast, but the point is, is they're important rankings because this is supposed to be what the committee looks at uh, for their primary judge. Now, Gonzaga and Baylor, they're still at number one and two, same as in the AP, but Michigan, they're at three. Tennessee's at four. Uh, Illinois at five. So that is very reflective of Illinois. They're nine and three. They've had some tough losses, but they're still playing good basketball. Um, And then rounding out the top 10 here, Iowa, Villanova, Houston, Texas, and Wisconsin. So pretty reflective as far as the teams we've been getting, giving a lot of credit to, as well as, uh, you know, the national rankings have. But outside of the top 10, I think it gets a little bit more interesting. You know, you see teams like Colorado at 11, St. Louis at 12, Drake at 13, and then Kansas at 14. So there are some, pri- some surprising risers there, some interesting low teams. What are your first impressions on, on these net rankings? And this is current as of all the games yesterday on January 7th. Definitely. I mean, we, we've said the Big Ten is, is the best division top to bottom in basketball. These rankings reflect that. I mean, look, everybody's not undefeated, and, and they're not going to be because these teams are just too good. The net, you know, the metrics, they show, you know, the, the, it really is the best division. One of the things that jumps out to me, St. Louis at 12, Drake at 13. 
a lot of people have been dismissive of both of these teams. Hey, you know, they're not playing anybody. Hey, you know, it's not enough. The numbers don't lie, guys. The numbers don't lie. Drake has been a cover machine. St. Louis has been awesome. I'm really intrigued by both of them. I mean, Colorado at 11 shows a lot about them, and, and they should. They've been, they've been really good. 3-0 in neutral games, 3-0 at home. The thing working against the Buffs right now, 2-3 and three in quad one games. You'd like to see them, you know, maybe be 3-2. and two. At the end of the year, though, that could potentially balance out. Not going to jump on them. Kansas at 14, you know, kind of invocative of they've just played a tough schedule. You know, they're, they're playing good teams. Clemson at 16. I, I can't decide where I'm at with Clemson. And I, and I need your input because they win and I buy in. And then it's the minute I buy in, they lose. And so I just, I don't know where I'm at. I think they're a good team, not a great team. The ACC in general has just been so lackluster this whole year. Yeah, I think the problem with Clemson is uh, you just don't have those necessarily key keynote game matchups. You know, they beat Alabama. We're both hot on Alabama. They also have a win against Maryland, who's a good basketball team. And they have a loss to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a lot like Marquette in that one week they're great, the next week they're tough. You know, and, and so I, you just need to see more from Clemson as far as more convincing and consistent wins against top tier teams because I don't care that they beat Morehead State by 15, you know, but that 10 point win uh, against Florida State, that's nice, you know. So now getting into conference play, it gives them that opportunity. They've got a matchup against North Carolina who is not great this season. They're not the Tar Heels of old, but that's still a, a prestige program which gives Clemson an opportunity. You know, even though North Carolina is not as good, a win against them is going to carry more weight against a team like Alabama, even though Alabama's better than North Carolina because it's a conference win. It's a, it's a win against a, a well-known program. So they're going to have some more chances like that. But again, you know, the numbers don't lie. And Clemson at 16 here, 5-0 and at home, you know, 2-1 and in quad one games. That's very that's solid. Yeah. So you just need to see them kind of get more quad one games than that, you know, because they're taking care of business in quad two and quad four. But getting some tougher opponents in there is really going to help affirm them as far as if they're a, a contender or a pretender. So th the reason I wanted to ask you specifically about this is you know you mentioned that loss to Virginia Tech. You've been out on Virginia Tech. In fact, they're still not even back in your top twenty-five. Was that an oversight, or is it just a matter of you? You know, you still just aren't buying that stock. Virginia Tech is twenty-six for me this week. If if that's any consolation. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, I wanted to know. Yeah, I I do. I, I'm not completely bought in on them yet, but. They are a good basketball program. The problem is, is that they're, they've got two losses in quad one, quad two. So they take care of business against bad teams, and they are two and two in quad one and quad two win, or games. They have that loss at Louisville and a loss against Penn State. Now, Louisville, that was a close game. I think Louisville's a good team. But Penn State is just not good. So no, that's what yeah. hurts you. You cannot, if you want to be considered a top 25 team consistently, you need to show you can beat everybody that's below you. So, and, and granted, 
that's not a whole season thing because I do think that teams are going to have problems. I mean, like we touched on, Gonzaga could lose to an inferior team in the conference because basketball is fickle like that. But we're in the first week of January, and any losses outside of quad one really kind of hurt my standing with a team. Now, I'm still high on Wisconsin, and they're four and one in quad two. The reason that I'm more comfortable with Wisconsin because they are five and two across quad one and quad two games. God, this is a mouthful. I really hope everyone's following along. Um, is because they have that sample size. Uh, whereas with Virginia Tech, they've only played four games against quality opponents. So I want to see more from them, and they're going to get a chance to. They've got Notre Dame on Sunday. They've got Duke on Tuesday. That's a nice little swing against um, against some decent teams. You know, Notre Dame's not a good basketball program. Duke, they've rebounded fairly well. The problem with Duke is because they had that self-imposed break as they tried to, you know, get things right, they've only played six games. So it's tough to really know exactly where they're at. Um, but yeah, I Why think... Why are they in the top 25? Uh, it's, it is all just blind faith in Duke because I, and, and I, I honestly think it's because so many blue bloods are falling out this year with Kentucky and North Carolina. I think they have to put somebody in there. So I think Duke is just that name where they say, Oh, well they're four and two. They're doing okay. You know, because they can't put in Kentucky. They can't really put in North Carolina. So that's gotta be it. Don't agree with it. Um, and that's why personally I was so happy that the net rankings came out this week because the net rankings mean so much more than the AP because the AP is writers. It's more of an eye test. Now, I think you do need a balance, but for example, Duke is 21st in the AP poll this week. Take a guess. Do you know where they are in the net rankings? I, I don't. I know they're top 20 in Kempom, but I don't know what they are in net. They are 106th in net. Holy moly. Which is a lot lower than I thought. They are behind Ohio and above East Carolina. So, yes, it is a holistic process. But that's why I think that there should be a way to balance all these with appropriate weights. And for a team like Duke, it just isn't there. You know, they're 0-1 they're, they're in Quadrant 1, and they've lost a Quadrant 3 game. So, they're, they're, I mean, their only wins are not a, they're, they're against bad opponents. So, <laughs> That's all I can say. Simple as that. Yeah. Holy moly is the lamest thing I've ever said on a broadcast, <laughs> but I'm trying to curse less. So just roll with me, guys. Just roll with me. Uh, we have some local talk coming up. We are also going to give our team of the week, our player of the week. But uh, first, playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? Yeah, that's right. Football's playoffs start this weekend. There's no better place to get on uh, all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. Ben, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, God. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I don't want to say Kansas City, so I'm going to pick an underdog. I'm going to say Buffalo just because I like Josh Allen, and I love just what Buffalo's doing. Don't Josh quote me on it, though. <laughs> if you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in to celebrate the most exciting time of football season. DraftKings, they're giving you a chance to double your money. All it takes, one touchdown. You heard me. One touchdown is scored. You double your money. Easy as that. Max bet of $25. If you're listening, that's a free $25 in your pocket. Once you opt in, all you got to sit back, kick back, enjoy that sweet, sweet NFL football. While we are excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season is kicked off. 
Head to the app now. Check out all that they have to offer. Daily odds boost, player props, live betting. I'm going to be honest. I have been losing a lot lately. I'm really questioning my own intelligence. But DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. Get a chance to double your money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only restriction. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Whew! Need some water after that one. <laughs> you know, All right, it, let's... It's, it's, a, it's a long read, but it's so good. Those odds boost everything. That's why I want to pick Buffalo, too. You know, I think the odds, the, the risk-reward is there, whereas, I mean, is Kansas City, is that, is that even making you money if you bet on them and they win? At this point, I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um, I, I jumped on Kansas City very early in the season, so I got them at plus money. My advice to people... You know, dish dish out your cash a little bit. I've got a little bit of money sprinkled on the Bills. I got a little bit of money sprinkled on the Packers. A little bit of money sprinkled on the Chiefs. No matter who wins, my butt is covered. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's talk our team of the week, man. Who who do you got? Yeah. So this week I chose Creighton. Um, they're tenth in Kempom. They're nine and two on the season with their record, and they also jumped up. Eight spots from 23rd to 15 in the net rankings. You know, this is a team that they're, they're still positioned well in the AP poll as well. That loss to Kansas, that one doesn't hurt them. It, it's that loss to Marquette that still makes me question where they're at. Marquette, they're a 500 ball club right now. But they've put together some nice wins. They've won five in a row, beat St. John's, beat Connecticut. Connecticut, a sneaky good team right now. They're 5-1. and one. They haven't played as many games, but they're actually putting together some, some solid wins. A nice win against Xavier Providence and a, a big win against Seton Hall. I'm high on Seton Hall. I think they're a tournament team. So a nice stretch for Creighton. Uh, you know, I, I still, again, I want to see them continue to take care of business in the Big East because other than Villanova, I, you know, I think they're the second-best team in the conference. I want them to play like it. So take care of business. And then they've got a matchup in early February against Marquette. Get some revenge. If I see them go out there, beat Marquette, I will have full confidence restored back in Creighton. But right now, they're playing great basketball. Got to give them that shout-out. I am very selfishly rooting for Creighton. <laughs> now, I bet on Creighton to win the NCAA tournament last year when I was out in Vegas. Now, these tickets obviously didn't apply, and I still have them. I don't really... I, part of me, like when I go out there again, I, I can probably like cash them in and bet on something else or something, or I don't know, maybe I'm just SOL here. I almost want to just like frame them just as a reminder of the weirdest March that ever was the most depressing time period that ever existed. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Creighton is balling out them and Villanova, man, teams like them. They're just good for college basketball, senior heavy people that have played a long time, they give you a chance, you know? So much gets put into the conversation about college football. And, you know, if you're not one of these, you know, top five or six teams, you don't really have a chance. That's just not the case in college basketball. And Creighton, Creighton is a perfect example. Love that you gave them that shout out. My team of the week, got to go Texas. You know, we already talked about them quite a bit, so we don't have to beat this drum too much, but they're number nine in Ken Palm, number seven in net. Just beat KU by 25 points, which, as I said, does not happen on the road. You know, recovered with a closer game against Iowa State. Five in a row. 
only allowing 63 points a game. Dude, defense is what translates. You know this as a guy that follows college basketball. There are going to be nights where the shots just aren't falling. You're getting open looks. You're getting good passes. Everything's in rhythm, and the buckets just aren't coming. Defense, though, if you have that on a night-to-night basis, you're going to win a lot of games. Texas is playing defense at a conference that normally is all about offense. Yep. I mean, Texas is playing some of the best basketball right now in the country. And the, the great news for Texas is they, they get more shots to, to keep beating up on some teams uh, and, and prove themselves, you know. But they don't really need to prove themselves anymore. I mean, they're high in all these rankings. They're fourth in the country in the AP poll. They're taking care of business. They are, you know, kicking butts, taking names. And, and it's going to be interesting, though, just to see how that power dynamic shifts in the Big 12 moving forward as far as when these games go against Baylor. Shifting to player of the week, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the Big 10, uh, keep dipping this well, but this time I'm going with Michigan. And I want to shout out Hunter Dickinson, the center of the Wolverines, 28 points and eight rebounds of that big-time win against Minnesota. He's averaging 18 points per game and eight rebounds on the season, and he is shooting 73% from the floor. Now, he is a traditional big. He hasn't made a three. He is not going to be a guy like a Drew Timmy, you know, a Gonzaga, who can kind of push the ball inside but also still has a, a nice shot. But there is something about traditional bigs that I think is, is missing in, in, in a lot of teams, and that's why when they go out there and play, they just find success because a lot of people don't know how to guard him. Again, this isn't a guy like Luca Garza who can really stretch the floor, has a wonderful touch. He is going to just, he's going to sit in the paint. You know, he's got averaging one and a half blocks per game. And also he's staying out of foul trouble. He's not, he's, he's only fouled less than two times a game. So he's doing a great job there. And the other interesting fact about Dickinson, you know, just really digging into Michigan this year, because it's tough to be able to try and say you watch every single basketball game. But Dickinson, he's a force on the floor. He's only started five of their 10 games. He just recently started um, their, their last five. So he's really getting his feet wet in the offense. He's shooting at a very high clip. And uh, he is, is a big contributor, big reason why Michigan is undefeated right now. Feed the big man. I love big man basketball. That's what it's all about. Ah, just love it. I, I totally agree that it, it's definitely a big missing aspect for so many teams around the country. Uh, one of the guys I almost recognized as my player of the week, Niamis Keita at Utah State. Similar deal. You know, he's not, he, he's a little more versatile. You know, he can do some passing, move a little bit, but more or less, he's a guy, he's going to back you down into the paint, try and dunk in your face. He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. And he's going to keep your team out of the paint. I mean, the other day, they were playing New Mexico. New Mexico just stopped trying to get to the rim. He had like five blocks, and you could just see it. And they're out there, like, they take two steps in from the three-point line and just, ah, dish it back out. There's no point of going at the Amos. The big man, if you have a good one, can really change things. My player of the week, I'm going local. Now, uh, I'm actually going to go co-players of the week, which is corny and kind of copping out, but I don't care. First guy, David Roddy, man. If, if you've been watching Colorado State, David Roddy is a difference maker. He's a guy who had a chance to go to the Big Ten, had offers from you know Minnesota, Northwestern, could have played football at the D1 level for North Dakota State or Wyoming. Said he comes to CSU, plays basketball. Dude's just, a, he's only 6'5", and he just bullies people, man. He was throwing around seniors on San Diego State that are, you know, have four or five inches on him. 
essentially playing the the five as a guy that's six foot five. He's a guard slash forward. He's playing, you know, center at times in this small lineup. Yeah. He's a stud. Absolutely. You know, I, I and and just touching on, you know, David Roddy and CSU, 15 and 12 in that that comeback game against San Diego State. What an exciting game. That was I, I'm at a loss for words. It was so exciting to, to watch that amidst all the chaos of all the other college athletics that, that went on this weekend, uh, you know, bringing in the new year with a bang. They were down, what, 26 to 5 in the first half, and, and they, they turned it around. And that four-point play in the corner, I don't remember who hit it, but it John Tanjay, man. In, absolutely incredible game. If you if you miss that game, definitely go and try and check out the highlights because it was absolutely one of the best basketball games I've seen this season. It was crazy, man, and it was just it was such a big moment for for CSU basketball. You know, like if you listen to the Rams pod daily, obviously you've heard about this game, and, and I'm gonna just never stop talking about it because <laughs> that's how big it was. But you know, if you're a Buffs fan or if you're just a national college basketball fan. You know, this isn't me trying to just, you know, you know, shove some CSU down your throat, man. This was big time. This was against a legit top 25 team on the road, largest comeback in conference history. And the biggest thing, man, it was on CBS. It yep. was on a national audience, man. CSU doesn't get those opportunities that often. Biggest game they had in, in seven years since they, you know, reached the, reached the tournament championship game. So... It, it was just massive, and, and shout-out to the Rams. They got to keep it up, obviously. The Buffs, though, man, keeping on, the, keeping on the trend of local teams. They picked up some big wins as well. Beat Oregon yesterday before that. Beat USC on the road. Are they the best team in the Pac-12? You know, I, I think they're, they're in the conversation, but right now the Pac-12 is a conference that I think is not getting the national recognition as far as, you know, AP voters perhaps as they should because – They've got some great teams. I'm not going to say Colorado is the best team in the conference because Oregon's that up has there. integrity, folks. Yeah, USC is up there. UCLA is up there. Stanford, Arizona. I mean, that is a very good basketball conference right now. The problem with the Pac-12 is they just don't have the same, you know, headliners. Like you don't have a Kansas in there right now because there's just nobody that dominant. So while it makes for fantastic coverage, um, they're not going to have anybody that really scrapes the top 10, at least not, not for a while. But yeah, you know, Colorado, 11th in the net, 19th in Kempom. Um, I would be surprised if they were outside of the top 25 this week just because that was a big-time win against Oregon. Um, and they're 2-2 two and two now in the conference against arguably – the four best teams in the conference, three of which, three of those games came on the road. Um, you know, they were able to steal one in LA against USC. Don't really fault them for losses on the road against Arizona and UCLA. Now, granted, they didn't play all that well, but beating good teams on the road in college basketball is, is damn near impossible. You know, I mean, Colorado State did that on the road against San Diego State. So, and, and what's interesting to kind of throw that back then, CSU, they beat San Diego State on the road and then come back because Mountain West is doing the doubleheaders and they lose to San Diego State. That's just because how hard it is to win on the road in college basketball. It doesn't matter that there's no fans in the, in the, in the stands. It's still difficult. So yeah, Colorado, they're making a name for themselves nationally. That was a big-time win against Oregon on national television. Um, again, would be shocked if they were not ranked in the top 25 of the AP poll come Monday morning. Yeah, they're a top 25 team. I mean. We all had them right around 25-ish, you know, coming into the season. And 
I, I would say there's somewhere, you know, between 20 and 25 right now. I'll have to go through. We haven't done our rankings yet, and we'll have to adjust after this weekend. Buffs and CSU, it's fun. Both in uh, both top 40 in net right now. Both top 100 in Ken Palm. Starting to, starting to put together some impressive tournament resume. Now, obviously, you know, CU, they're going to have just a little bit of an advantage in terms of, you know, the Pac-12 wins. You know, the Pac-12 may not be nationally revered like the Big 12 or Big 10. It still gets more love than the Mountain West, even though the Mountain West is a great basketball conference. It's, uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think there's a really good chance that both of these teams end up participating in March Madness. We'll have to see. Going to need some things to go their way. Got some fun other games coming up, though, too. Uh, Ohio State at Rutgers, St. John's at Creighton. Which one of these do you want to jump into? Yeah, let's start with uh, the Big Ten. Ohio State at Rutgers. Rutgers, they're a team that uh, they're losing a bit of steam. You know, they, they're they 7-3 now. Um, lost to Michigan State, a, a pretty tough loss. So if you are a Rutgers fan now, you're coming, you've, you've lost three of your last four. Your only win is coming against Purdue. Um, now's your chance to get some retribution. This Ohio State team beat you uh, the week of Christmas. You can co- go out there. Now you've got home court advantage. Try and get a win there. Um, I would say Rutgers is going to come away with a win. I think this is the game where they break that losing streak. And, and also, Ohio State, I still just don't know where to put them. I still am not sure. They lost, bat- or they lost to Northwestern. They lost to Minnesota. Uh, they're a team that's just so hard to project. So right now, my money would go on Rutgers, but it should be a great game. Yeah, that that 17-point loss to Minnesota is going to hurt Ohio State, even though we both agree that Minnesota's a pretty good team. Yeah, Rutgers, same deal. It's like, you know, they're 3-3 they're three and three in the Big Ten, which it's not bad. You know, we, the Big Ten's a great basketball conference. If they keep losing against these premier teams, though, that's what's going to hurt them. You know, at the end of the day, team the, the voters, people in the AP... They just don't care that you beat Farley Dickinson and Hofstra and, you know, Syracuse, who's really not that good this year. Beating Maryland on the road by 14, that was a nice win. Beating Illinois, big win. But since then, they've lost all their big games. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Iowa. They lost to Michigan State. They got beat down by Michigan State, a team who I'm basically out on. So can they they respond? We'll see. Tough stretch, though. Ohio State, Wisconsin, at Indiana. Then Michigan State, Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa. So either they're, they're going to break through or, or they're yeah. going to fall to the bottom of the league. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it, it's going to be a telling week for them. Yeah, moving on, St. John's, Creighton. Th- this should be a win for Creighton. Um, but St. John's is not a team to be slept on. They're tricky. It's, it's a game, if you are Creighton, you need to win them. It's a must win because... Again, you need to show that you can continue to just take care of, be consistent against some of these middle of the pack, some of these Q3, Q4, maybe a Q2 team, depends on how the rest of the season shakes out. But yeah, Creighton, they've got to take care of business there. Um, My biggest game, though, on January 9th, and that's going to be tomorrow, Saturday, Texas at West Virginia. Texas, we have beat the drum on them. Let's talk a little West Virginia, talk a little Mountaineers basketball they, they're having a, a little bit of a, I don't want to call it an identity crisis, but tough loss to Kansas. They really weren't all that competitive, but you know, winning at Allen Fieldhouse, we thought was pretty difficult. Now, maybe not so much. <laughs> and then also then that loss to Oklahoma, that one's tough. 
Oklahoma, they're a, a middle-of-the-pack basketball program, but West Virginia right now, they're hosting Texas, and they go on the road at Baylor. This is a two-game stretch where next time we talk next week, West Virginia could be top five, or they could maybe be out of the top 25. Where, where are you thinking with, with Mountaineers basketball? Country road, take me home, man. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be – it's a tough stretch. I think, I think they, they're a good team. You know, they're definitely an NCAA tournament team when it's all said and done. I think we maybe were prisoners of the moment a little bit, bought in a little too early after that strong performance against Gonzaga. They did beat Richmond, who's another team who I'm, you know, I'm high on, but Richmond has some bad losses as well, so – that loss isn't looking quite as good as it did, you know, even 10 days ago. It's, it's just going to be interesting. They, it seems like they've got some weird stuff going on. I know they just lost a, you know, they just lost another player to transfer in the middle of the season. A couple of teams this week yep. lost players to transfer. Kind of a weird situation. I really like um, Derek Culver. You know, I, I like his game, and I think he's a guy that can kind of take over for them at forward 6'10", 255 really just solid i mean that's the big when i watch big 12 and i think back over the years they've always just been like really good forwards that's usually kansas's specialty yeah they have some you know guards but i mean let's be real perry ellis was not exactly a baller at guard you know <laughs> he was just a really smart player playing around a lot of really talented guys and i like the makeup of this roster but you know it's just such a tough stretch and and if, if they don't look competitive in these next couple of games, I do think they'll probably drop out of the top 25. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I bought into uh, the Huggy Bear. I, 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 after that Gonzaga game, I really thought. And yeah, I did too, man. They looked great. Yeah, you know, still a chance to prove themselves, but definitely not a top, consistently just a straight-up top 10 team, perhaps, that we thought. Um, quickly, just kind of rounding out Saturday's games, you've got Clemson at North Carolina, like we touched on. LSU at Missouri, that should be an interesting game. Uh, Missouri finally got some national recognition. Then, then they, they blew it. Yep. And so if, if you're a Missouri Tigers fan, you know, it's, it's that, that t- loss against Tennessee, that was tough just because you did have home court advantage for that one. You would have liked to see them get that deficit at least closer than 20. And then you lose to Mississippi State. I mean, that's a bad you, loss. That's a bad loss. If you are Missouri... You need to you need to take care of business against LSU. Uh, I I think they will though. I, I think they're a good basketball team. I just I think perhaps they got way too into it because of how high they jumped up. They went from unranked up to I believe you know 14, 13 after a, granted a nice week, but I think they need to just take a step back, get calm, pick up a couple wins to get back to playing their brand of basketball. We got the Tigers versus the Tigers. <laughs> LSU and Missouri. A Tiger uh, is Saturday. bound to win. <laughs> Game two of uh, UNLV Colorado State. CSU actually beat UNLV last night. Uh, they trailed by 13 in the second half. They came in as 10-point favorites, so that's a little bit concerning. That spread was wrong, though. I mean, UNLV got off to a wrong start, but they've got some scorers on that team. Bryce Hamilton is as, he's, you know, as good of a scorer as anybody in the country. That's a guy that could play high-major basketball. You know, Rams got to recover. They got to win this game, handle their business at home. This is one where they just don't want to let it slip away. Moving on to uh, January 10th, Minnesota, Iowa. Here, here we're going to find out, you know, 
is this Richard Patino squad for real? We will, this is going to be a great test. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think if you are Iowa, you're feeling confident. Um, I, obviously, you beat this team. You know, Now, that was only a seven-point win, uh, but that was pretty recently. So fresh in their heads. That was the Christmas um, win, right? Uh, yes, it was. So, so you're feeling confident. You feel like you can, you can take care of business, especially because now you've got that home court advantage. But if you're Minnesota, this is, again, another chance for the Golden Gophers to kind of right some wrongs. And uh, if I'm Minnesota, I, I, I think that, uh, and I'm sorry, I, I totally blanked on this. They lost that game to Minnesota on Christmas Day, uh, it, but, but you played it close. Iowa, they're still averaging tons of points. If you're Minnesota now, you've got to come away with this win because you've, you've looked streaky in, in recent weeks. That loss to Wisconsin, that loss to Michigan was a beatdown. Now, show that you can, you're still a relevant team in this conference because right now, if you lose to Iowa, then they turn around six days later, they play Michigan again. If you're on a three-game skid in the conference, it is going to be so difficult to bounce back from that. So go take care of business at Iowa, split the series, and kind of go from there. Again, another chance for a team to, to kind of right the wrong. Not sure if they win. But I have a feeling we have like a 30-point game coming from Marcus Carr this weekend. That dude's just like a giant slayer. Yep, I, absolutely. I just think he's going to be up for the moment. Absolutely. We also got Maryland and Illinois. Um, you know, not, not the most exciting game, but Illinois has got to win this one at home. It's another one where it's kind of a trap game. Mar Maryland's tricky for everyone. Take care of business. January 12th, though, that Duke-Virginia Tech game, you know, we talked about that. Is Duke for real? I, I, it's just tough to say, you know. The cynic in me wants Duke to be bad. I think they're probably better than I'm giving them credit for. I just think it's ridiculous that they're, they're getting all of this recognition early. And, and it's not even like the preseason poll. When people do that with the Blue Bloods because nobody's played, I get that. We've seen a lot of good basketball teams across the country, and we're just like, yeah, but it's Duke. I, I just hate that. Yep. This is a game, and again, we touched on Virginia Tech earlier, but... Duke is, they've just not played and beaten quality teams. They're not playing great basketball. Yeah, they're four and two, but you just don't have the sample size. You don't have any games really to lean on if you are a Blue Devils fan. Virginia Tech, take care of business. You're at home, you know, pick up this win and, and you'll definitely be able to secure your place back, uh, back where you were. Moving on then, back to the Big Ten, Wisconsin at Michigan. This is a game where this could be a preview maybe of a, of a Big Ten conference final. Both of these teams really belong in that conversation. They've both played well. My edge does go to Michigan. You're at home. And Michigan, they're undefeated right now. They're playing great. They've played great at the conference. They have not given me any reason why they should not win this game. Uh, but because I said that, it means Wisconsin's probably going to win by 15. And we'll be right back to square one. <laughs> Uh, dude, I, I, I won't bet on it. That's for damn sure. The Big Ten <laughs> terrifies me. But uh, Wisconsin, man, they lost that rough game at Marquette. They've really recovered well since then. But, you know, Michigan's the hot team in the Big Ten right now. It, it, it's been all about Iowa, but Michigan's kind of the bell of the ball right now. Wisconsin's could play spoiler. Or Michigan could validate that they're, you know, firmly a top 10 team. Really big chance. January 13th, more Big Ten basketball. Ohio State at Northwestern. Northwestern, another team where everybody, everybody bought in because they had a really good week. Then they kind of came down to life again. 
they can either, you know, get, get everybody excited again with an upset of Ohio State. Or, you know, Ohio State can maybe, you know, get back on track. It's, it's another one where it's, it's not a super exciting game. It's just a game that's going to have a lot of, you know, um, it's, it's going to matter in the Big Ten, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of conference implications here. I, I, Northwestern, if you're at home, you've just got to take care of business. Um, they got to win this one, man. Yeah, and actually, I got this one wrong. I apologize. Northwestern's actually on the road at Ohio State. So okay. well, that, actually, that, then. that actually does change things for me. Um, Ohio State, yeah, if, if you are a Buckeyes fan, this is a must win because you have to protect that home court. Yeah, my apologies. That is... That does change things. I would have said, I would have given the nod to Northwestern just because they were at home originally in, in my head. But no, Ohio State, yeah, I'll pencil them in for a win in this one. Again, would not put my money anywhere near a Big Ten matchup. But this is coming kind of at the beginning of a gauntlet stretch. Ohio State, like we touched on, at Rutgers versus Northwestern, at Illinois, at Wisconsin. You've got one home game in that four-game stretch. You best believe they're going to play hard because it's going to be hard for them to get any of those road wins. Um, last game on, uh, on January 13th, last big-time game at least, Texas Tech at Texas. This is a chance for the Red Raiders to make some noise, but it's going to be difficult because, I mean, we've talked about it. Texas is a good team. Still, one of the best uh, games of the week, I think. Uh, don't know that I'd, I'd go as far as to say upset alert. But it should be a close one on ESPN2, nationally televised. Both these teams want to continue to make some national headlines. Uh, still think Texas is favored. If I'm, if I'm Shaka Smart going into this game, I'm, I'm playing all of those Texas Tech Final Four highlights on repeat. <laughs> Texas is supposed to be the premier brand. They haven't been. you got to find whatever edge you can to make sure that you don't, you know, lose a trap game. Texas Tech is tricky, man. I, I keep wanting to give up on them, and they just they keep hanging around. And if they're another one of those teams, come March, I think if they have their identity figured out, could be a tough beat in the Big Twelve tournament. Some weird stuff happens there. I don't. It's 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 going to be an interesting one for Texas, though. To me, this is one of those games where it's like you got to cover here. You got yes, we've been winning. Then you had that, you know, close one against Iowa State. Now you got to take care of business, beat a top 25 team, beat them handily, keep that confidence rolling, and, you know, just keep pace with Baylor because that's what it's all about right now. Moving on to January 14th, Michigan State at Iowa. Do the Spartans have any chance here? I think they have a chance. I think it's a slim one. I think that Michigan State, they are playing better as far as you know getting a rebound i mean they lost three straight games they've come out now gotten two back to back that win against Rutgers, that does help um i still think iowa is going to be too much for them but i don't think this is as a shoe-in as it might have been just a couple days ago you know after that Rutgers win i think michigan state gets a little bit more confidence um and that way they are able to play a little bit a little bit better but still iowa they, they just have to take care of business in this game because they need to start separating themselves and creating tiers in the Big Ten between your top tier four or five teams and your bottom, you know, your second tier. Uh, th this is their chance to do it. Um, San Diego State at Utah State, their first game. Justin, the Mountain West guy, where are you at with this? Is this San Diego State should be upset city on the road? It's going to be a really fun series. This is one where I could really see them splitting. 
Utah State is quietly 5-0 and in the Mountain West. They hadn't played anybody, but they're beating them by like 25 to 30 points a night. I mean, they're a really experienced roster. I was worried about their ability to score. They lost Sam Merrill, a guy who just been such a killer. But they have a really experienced front court. Yamas Keda and Justin Bean is as good of a 4-5 combo is anybody in the country. These are versatile dudes. They're, they're physical. They rebound. Justin Bean, he's averaging a couple steals a night, gets assists. Just versatile dudes. You're going up against San Diego State, another team with great length. Matt Mitchell, very experienced. You know, Mensa, really, really talented big man. On Mensa should be one of the best players in the league. He hasn't really played like it yet, but he should be. I'm really looking forward to this one. Can San Diego State go on the road? Can they hit some tough shots? Utah State, it's been one of the tougher places to play over the last couple of years. Really, really tune into this one. Switching over to the Pac-12, I'm going to give you the lead here. Arizona State and Oregon, Cal at Colorado. How do you see these games playing out? Yeah, you're starting with the Sun Devils on the road in Eugene against the Ducks. Arizona State, they are a talented team. And they have just yet to be able to put it together consistently. You know, they started off very highly ranked. Everybody bought into the Remy Martin hype. Then you lose a game to Villanova. Villanova's a good team. Then you lose a, a game to San Diego State. San Diego State's still a good team. But then the wheels kind of fell off. You lose to UTEP. Um, you lose a close game to UCLA. And that was an interesting one because UCLA wants to score, wants to be in the 60s. They want it to be a defensive battle, and they made UCLA score 81 points to beat them, but they still did. Now you've got to play USC and then turn around and play Oregon. That's a tough stretch for the Sun Devils. Oregon, meanwhile, they're still a good basketball team. Tough loss to Colorado, but that was on the road. They should be able to take care of business against Utah, and I expect at home for them to sweep the Arizona schools as well. And then just previewing a bit, Colorado at Cal – you know, th this might have been a bigger game just a week ago, but Cal, the Golden Bears, they lost Matt Bradley. This game should be a win for Colorado. But really, it, the interesting thing here is how they play against Cal leading into the weekend, and we'll talk more about it next week. But Colorado, they've got a big-time matchup next Saturday against Stanford. So, you know, Cal, that's going to be a fight, but it's really just more of an appetizer for what comes on Saturday. But even still, Pac-12 – is a exciting basketball conference. Lots of good teams in there to tune into, as well as the Mountain West for the local touch. Um, and, you know, we've just got, looking over the whole next week, tons of great games, and I can't wait to dive in. Me too, man. Look, the, uh, the East Coast, they, they may not pay attention to the Pac-12. They may not watch the Mountain West. That's what we're here for. We watch those Boise State games at 9 p.m., San Diego State. That's what we are all about. We're going to be with you all season. We're going to ramp up our coverage as March Madness approaches. It's going to be amazing. Shout out to everybody that continues to support us. Make sure that you are subscribing to the Rams pod, to the Buffs pod. If you're a football fan, we've got the NFL draft pod, the Broncos. Everything you could ever want as a local sports fan. We have it for you here at DNVR. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Enjoy some NFL playoffs. Enjoy that sweet, sweet college basketball. And, you know, just... Do what you got to do. It's been a been a weird stretch for everybody. I'm just I'm excited for a little bit of sports, baby. All right, Justin Michael here, Ben Girding, my guy. We are out. <laughs>